everybody and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, joined as always by Allison Aletha. Al, how are you today? Doing pretty good. I had, uh, I'm kind of tired. I had a very crazy productive weekend. Well, that's very good. Uh, I, I was going to ask you for some details, but I don't really want any. Yeah. We have a very special guest here today. Uh, Lulu from our Facebook team is joining on the show. Lulu Tyson. It feels like it's been forever trying to get us uh, on the show, and Lou, I'm glad that we could finally get you on here and get you a part of the cast. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm excited to do this. Uh, last time, I didn't have a computer that could do it, and now I do, so <laughs> yeah. yay! There you go. Moving up in the world. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so if you are following the Champions cast over on Facebook, uh, Lou is basically the person responsible for pretty much all of the success of that page so far. Um publishing scheduling doing uh, you, you pretty much do it all right like when we started this Allison <laughs> and I said that we were going to be over on that page like making posts and stuff like that and we that was a bold-faced lie it's pretty much just been you since <laughs> day one so we thank you for that yeah um, and also uh you you're a you're an admin on the Zelda Informer page too so a good good chance that if you've seen a lot of the content on our socials uh Lulu was behind it so yeah this is it feels like it was a long time to get here but um I'm glad that we finally did get here. And we've got a good episode for you guys today. We are, of course, Halloween is right around the corner, and uh, we're going to be diving into some of the spookiest dungeons slash areas in the Zelda series. Uh, it actually feels like it's the middle of January here where I am. It's like minus 20 outside and snowy and disgusting. So I'm not really in like the Halloween spirit as I normally might be. But we're going to get into that today. But before we get there... Uh, we actually have a little bit of follow-up, Allison, from last week's episode. Uh, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people don't really like Cadence of Hyrule, which is fine, but we did get a fan uh, message me, and she had something very, very interesting to say, especially for us, Al, who were, like, dying repeatedly because of the hard difficulty. Yeah, for sure, yeah. I mean, I was excited to see this, um, and I, actually I was a little disappointed, too, because I was like, dang it, like, after I've already spent 10 hours. So, yeah, this is almost like a game changer, actually. So, uh, in our review last week, we, you know, we like Cadence, but we were lamenting that about how hard it is because it is punishingly difficult. Um, KB Smith over on Twitter, uh, a longtime follower and listener to the show, who, a uh, very cool person, uh, messaged me and said, Hey, Andy, uh, I enjoyed the Champion Champions cast review of Symphony of the Mask and agreed with almost everything you guys thought. That's a first, so we thank you for that. Um, I did want to mention it to you, however, that while the DLC as a standalone is insanely hard, the DLC is a great addition to the base game. You can access the DLC in any regular file by digging behind Cadence in her cave at the entrance of the Lost Woods and going through the portal there. Then, you can play the DLC as Link and with your upgraded weapons and items with up to three bottles! It makes the challenge much more reasonable, and in my opinion, is a great challenge within a normal cadence game. Wow, that's like a, that's a game changer. Like three bottles, playing as Link, getting through the the Gerudo Arena. Yeah, that would have been so much better. And again, this is like this is something that I noticed uh, last week when I was trying to look up things to be helpful to me. Is that I didn't find this information. So like, not a lot of people have played this yet, or it was too hard. So I'm really glad somebody out there knew this. Yeah, somebody was thinking, and, uh, you know, this 
this really does kind of change a lot for our review last week. It's still really fun, but our biggest complaint was that it was so hard. So, I mean, this is going to make it much, much, much easier and much more welcoming. So, uh, shout out to to KB Smith for uh, for sending that our way. Um, all right, before we get into the uh, the creepy dungeons here today, we should probably talk a little bit about the new Age of Calamity trailer. Um, it featured our boy Hestu. Hestu, yeah. And he, and now he's got a voice. Yeah, he's got, I mean, he always had a voice, and it was always kind of like this childish, high-pitched thing, but now it's actually, you actually are hearing him talk, and it matches very well. I'm super excited about that, and I think, you know, Heather brought this up, and she wrote an article about it, um, that the Koroks and Hestu are probably going to have the same function, if Hestu's not a playable character, as they were in Breath of the Wild, which you find Koroks, and it helps you increase your inventory which is another thing that we saw in that trailer was the inventory of weapons. Right. Uh, Lou, tell me what you think about this. When, when we first saw Age of Calamity, I, I was kind of like uh, of the opinion that, that Hestu might be a playable character. What do, you, what do you think the chances of that are? Um, I don't know. It, it goes back and forth, but... Uh, if he were a playable character, I think it'd be really cool to see how they would, like, make his maracas into a weapon, maybe. Um, you know, but I I think that with him helping upgrade, like, inventory and stuff like that, that would be cool, too. But I don't know, really, if he'll be a playable character. Um, I think it'd be uh, cool, though. I, I hope so. I, I think there's a lot of, like, I think there's a lot of potential to use the uh, the maracas as weapons and stuff like that and just have him like doing these crazy dances as yeah. he attacks and, and whatnot um plus that i think like that would be like a welcome uh you know you've got like your your rito you've got your gerudo you've got your zora your goron like he's a korok and you you don't really you know they're not known for fighting but this is like the biggest korok that's ever existed so like I, th- I think that that'd be cool and i hope that he still does turn into a playable character one thing that i did notice from the last um it wasn't the trailer. I think it was just some screenshots. But like, so the king is is holding like a a great knight sword, and like this this guy this guy is gonna be a playable character. The king is gonna be a playable oh, character for yeah, sure. I think. I sure. think there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, I think if Daphne's could be a royal character, a royal uh, a playable character, then Rome can too. My only thing is that I don't like Rome. I think he's uh I think he's a terrible jerk. So he's kind of a DB. <laughs> yes, <yeah. laughs> I'm. I'm a little more on the side where I probably won't play him unless I'm forced to, which, you know, Hyrule Warriors does that sometimes. They make you play a certain character in levels. So there might be a story part where you have to play as him. I'd be fine with that. I, I mean, like, you you don't have to like the guy to play as him, right? Like, so you, you can play as villains and, and stuff in games, and you can play as, you know, characters that aren't the most likable characters but i mean i think that the more options in this game that makes sense yeah the um, better. I'm, I'm down for yeah so i mean but it feels like it's been a long time since we've seen a new playable character added last one was impa and like i, I was kind of expecting to see more by now to, yeah. to be honest because i mean we're we're a uh, we're less than a month away from age of calamity at this point yeah because we've seen characters introduced but they haven't shown us if they're, if they're playable I mean, well, I find you, it hard to believe that they're not, but, you know, they haven't showed us any kind of footage with them. 
Yeah, I I think that the the king is like almost a shoe in. I feel like, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe Hestu is uh, less of a shoe in. But <laughs> I hope that I hope that my boy shows up to uh, to slam down those maracas on some moblins and whatnot. Because I think that'd be cool. Yeah. But I, uh, I guess. Yeah. Right? And and like their their moveset could be so different too. Like um I mean maybe maybe Pura and Robbie would be somewhat similar in both of them using kind of ancient technology, but like I just I think that's such a no brainer to have them playable. I think that like the king makes loads of sense. I think that Hestu could he could be he could be cool, he could be Maybe it wouldn't make as much sense, but it could be fun, and it wouldn't be, like, silly. And, you know, there's probably a few more that, that could make sense as well. But, you know, like, I was kind of saying, like, I think less is more in terms of playable characters for Age of Calamity, but I, I do think that we should have more beyond, like, the, what is it, the seven yeah, the that main, we have right now. Seven, so yeah. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think we will. And I think we will. So, I mean, we'll we'll just wait and see. But, we, man, we're... Like, we're not having to wait long. The next episode that we do, we're going to be in November, and we're going to be, you know, within spitting distance of Age of Calamity. Yep, it's coming quick. I'm so happy for that. <laughs> uh, you want to hear something tragic? I actually oh. am moving the week before Age oh. of Calamity comes out, so that's going to be a struggle to uh, to get all finished and then get Age of Calamity, get set up, and get some hours in. So, But I'm going to power through. Yeah, for I'm sure. I'm going to power through. Um, but yeah, there it is. Uh, we'll, you know, time will tell. Um, but uh, let's move on and let's talk about some scary locales in the Legend of Zelda series. Uh, we've kind of made it a tradition here on this show to talk about some some scary places or some scary bosses or just do some scary things in and around Halloween time. And uh, this year is no different. So what we did was we kind of made an unofficial top 10 between the three of us here of the creepiest places in the Zelda series. And there's some honorable mentions as well that didn't maybe necessarily fit our defined list, but we're not, we're not going to rank them. We're just going to go through them and, and give some thoughts and impressions and whatnot. But um, I guess let's start out with some of our honorable mentions here and some places that didn't quite make the cut. Lulu, I know that you were um, a big proponent of Snow Peak from Twilight Princess and I actually don't disagree with you. Tell me what you liked about that place. Or maybe what scared you about that place. Uh, well, with Snow Peak, I just, it's so, like, isolated out there, you know, in the middle of the snow and everything. And, you know, um, it's just, it's run down and everything's, like, torn. The staircases look spooky. And, you know, there's the, there's that little church area that's got the pews. Um, it's yeah. just, it's all just really creepy i mean ghetto like they're they're super nice but everything else is just awful and when i was walking around like the twinkling of the music when you're going through it's just i mean it's kind of calming but at the same time it's like that eerie calm before everything just kind of explodes and it's like oh my gosh i can't believe that you know, it's so scary. Like, and I was younger when I, you know, played Twilight Princess for the first time. So I was, it just kind of creeped me out. I agree. I, um, I would have considered, so that's one of my favorite dungeons from Twilight Princess. And, um, there's something about 
that place. That's just not right. Like when you walk in, like, and, and maybe that's, and that's why it's such a good dungeon is because like, it's not your traditional, like you're not in a temple, you're not in a, in a crypt. You're just like in this house. So like, there's that feeling of like, there's something not quite right. And then you're talking to, to Yeto and like, he's cooking and it's, and you're just like, this is not quite right. And I feel like that's kind of like the whole it's like unsettling i feel like to me to be there i i mean it's not even it's not even their house is it because i mean they obviously they moved in and that's that's where they live but i feel like it was somebody else's house before and then it like kind of dilapidated and then these two like yetto yetta people moved in they're like okay cool we're gonna call this place home so that makes it even a little creepier like what happened to the previous people that lived there yeah totally um, so that, that was, that was a really good honorable mention. I, you know, I was going to mention the forest temple from Ocarina of Time. I talk about this temple a lot. It's my favorite dungeon in the entire Zelda series. And like, I, I don't think of it necessarily as like a scary temple because it like, you know, it's, it's forest theme and you already have like your shadow temple in the game. But I do think that like, there are definitely some unsettling things about the temple. And, and first of all, the music, the music is so creepy it's so ethereal. Um, you're chasing around ghosts in there, and, and they're hiding in paintings. It's not quite what it seems. The art gallery downstairs is like very, like very creepy. Um, there's there's definitely some spooky elements about this dungeon. I don't think it fits quite into the criteria that we kind of selected, which is like dark, shadowy, you know, those kind of those kinds of dungeons, but. I feel like this one is close, and like I said, it's my favorite dungeon, so I wanted to give it a shout-out just in our honorable mentions here. Yeah, for sure. I think The parts that always creep me out about the Forest Temple is going through the crooked corridor and then coming out into that room that you know the Wallmaster's going to drop down on you, and the way they have the music for the Wallmaster is just super creepy. Those parts always freak me out because I was like, okay, i got to rush through this room so I don't get caught. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's keep it going, and let's talk about one last honorable mention that I put on the list, and then I'll turn it over to you guys. Um, I put in Skull Woods from A Link Between Worlds, which which is kind of like the Forest Temple almost in a way, where, like, it's, it's sort of got that, like, it's sort of got that kind of creepy vibe going to it, but it's also, that's not, the, like, the main focus of it. Um, I, I think that the boss battle in here is, like, very, very cool with the Stalfos and... Uh, I, I always really like it's not it's not a creepy dungeon I guess per se and there's certainly dungeons in this in, you know in this game even that are you know fit our criteria a little bit more but I always kind of maybe it's just the fact that you're literally in a big skull that you know it's not subtle with it, it being creepy but um, I always really enjoy going through this dungeon yeah I like the skull woods too um Lulu did, have you played a link between worlds I've played some of it, and, but that was like a couple years ago, and I I can hardly remember much of it. Um, yeah. So I don't really have much input on that. Yeah, I get you. Um, one of the funny things that I thought is that there is a there is a dark themed dungeon in A Link Between Worlds that we will talk about, but I feel like Skullwoods is creepier. Like it just has a it just has a more like um afterlife kind of feel than than the dark palace but however the dark palace met our kind of criteria that we're going to be talking about for this episode so um skullwoods is a good like kind of creepy halloweeny feel to it though mm-hmm. um all right let's 
let's fire through some uh, some other honorable mentions here. Um, we we included the Spirit's Grave from Oracle of Seasons. I haven't played Oracle of Seasons in probably about two years, so I'm a little bit fuzzy. And I, if I'm being honest, I don't think that the dungeons are the strongest point of Oracle of Seasons. So uh, what do you remember about this one, guys? I also don't remember a lot about these. This one and the Explorer's Crypt are uh, mentions from Goo, who obviously loves these games. So you would have to ask him more about them. But, like, for the name of them, you know, it does sound like they'd be creepy. My only problem with... Some of the more 2D Zelda games, though, when they try, like, they have a dark-themed quote-unquote dungeon, it just doesn't, it doesn't equate or come over as much, in my opinion, as some of the more 3D, um, or, you know, up, like, 2.5D or whatever the heck a link to the, or a link between worlds is. But it's, like, I understand what they were trying to go for, that they were trying to make it a little spooky, but those games don't feel don't make me have those kind of feelings as much as the the more 3d ones because they they are able to like express those things yeah i agree with you um like with the purple like bricks that they put on the sides of everything i mean you can tell that it's trying to be spooky spirits grave though i haven't played the oracle games but since he mentioned it i went and i kind of watched a video to just see what it was all about and the boss Pumpkinhead, i believe i just think that that's a good mention just because you know it's gonna be halloween soon and it, it's kind of like a halloweeny theme but other than that it wasn't very spooky Pumpkinhead, what a what a great boss name um yeah that's uh that's another that's another kind of creepy one i mean i agree um i would I think I think at this point now, Oracle of Ages is probably the Zelda game that has been the longest. Maybe maybe actually either Ages or Spirit Tracks. And you know what, Allison, I I kind of decided looking at your best Zelda ever list. Those were the two games that you hadn't played. I feel like we're gonna do both a retrospective of both in twenty twenty one. So we'll look out for that. <laughs> okay. But uh, because those are the two games on my list that like i feel like they're the ones that i haven't played in the longest time so um yeah i when i saw explorer's crypt i was like oh geez i can't remember this one um let's float over to hyrule castle from twilight princess you know i i think that you could make a case that maybe the music is kind of creepy but i don't know that like i would say that the dungeon as a whole is like super creepy i think that there are probably places in twilight princess that are a little bit more um you know they they have that aesthetic a little bit more like that kind of creepy aesthetic i mean you can definitely argue that like it looks damp and and dour and you know uh, i mean that's that's definitely an argument for hyrule castle but i wouldn't i don't know that i would have agreed with this one as kind of like a a dark and, and creepy dungeon per se I don't know. What about you guys? Well, one of one of my reasons that I really think Hyrule Castle does kind of fit is not really the outside where it's, you know, dark and rainy and whatever, but like the inside is when you walk in, it's all kind of shadowy and the music, you know, like you said, is is creepy and ominous. And then like you keep going and you get to that puzzle where you have to like jump across the gaps um, as a wolf 
And when you turn on your senses, you see the ghost soldiers that, like, slowly point their fingers in the way that you're supposed to go. And I remember when I got there, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so scary. Because, again, you know, I was a young kid. And so, like, I just remember that feeling. And that's why I think that it should have been a mention. Um, But it's also one of my favorites because of how creepy it was. You know what? I'll I'll give you that one. I, you're right. There is uh that is kind of creepy actually in that game. So it, I'll 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 maybe take back what I said. <laughs> um. All right. Let's one last one here before we we get onto our actual list. Um. We have the Palace of Darkness from A Link to the Past, and this one is just like very literal. It's just literally dark. Like you you can't. Uh, you can't see a lot of what's in front of you. And, and I think that's kind of what Allison was talking about when she was talking about 2D games not being able to replicate the feel of 3D games as well. Um, I, I think that, you know, this one is dark in a literal sense of the word, where you just, you don't have a very big uh, field of vision around you. Um, I do think that the the boss fight is really cool with the Helmsor King, but that's, again, that's not necessarily like a, a creepy kind of a vibe. So, uh, you know, I would say that this is a really fun dungeon. Like, I, I like playing this dungeon, but I don't know. I, I think that the Dark Palace in A Link Between Worlds does a better job of getting across the, like, the kind of creepy vibes, if you will, of uh, of Zelda rather than the, the Palace of Darkness. Yeah, I 100% agree with that because it's just, um, it just, yeah, all they did was kind of make it dark. And... That is one of our criteria is something that's dark themed and how effective that that was at being kind of creepy and spooky. But this one didn't come across that way. It was fun. Like, I didn't have a problem with that. I think that A Link Between Worlds did it better at trying to feel a little bit more creepy. But it was just mostly just dark and you that was your obstacle that you had to get through. It wasn't spooky. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think like even like sh- the shrouded shrine and Breath of the Wild did a better job actually yeah. of that, which which yeah. again is like kind of like it it just kind of goes to your point, Al, where it's like it's hard for and I mean Link Between Worlds is like thirty years old at this point too, so we're not faulting it at all, right? Like this, it was a nineteen ninety one game, but yeah, it's harder for those games to like kind of you know have have the same kind of creepy tone and and setting that you know the newer games that have the advantage of being newer have. So there you go. All right, and that's that's our honorable mentions. Anything that we need to, to go over before we finally actually talk about what we agreed was our top ten list for the uh, the creepiest places in Zelda? No, I think I think we're ready to go. I let's do so. it. Yeah, let's go. All right, all right. So this is going to be in no particular order here. So we we kind of ranked them, but we also kind of didn't. So there you go. Um, let's start off with one that I think is scarier, maybe for a different reason than you guys do. The Palace of Twilight from Twilight Princess. Oh boy! So this, you know what? I can I can absolutely see why this is a creepy place for for people. It's it's very dark. It's very uh, there's these hands that are following you and chasing you and unrelenting. There's lots of creepy looking beasts around. I feel like I instead of being scared by the hands, I think they're super annoying and like. The Palace of Darkness to, or the the Palace of Twilight rather for me is just like, it it kind of goes between like there there are some angles and some shots where I'm like you know what this looks really really nice and then like there are other rooms or like 
other ways that like you can you can move outside where the light just hits you and i'm like god this looks terrible like it just looks it looks awful it looks muddled it looks uh, i i don't want to say the u word but you know where i'm going with this um this this one kind of straddles the line to me of like it's it's too much um i you know i can i can see why it's creepy though and i can see why you know you guys would definitely put it on your list um the the, i mean the boss fight with xant is very very unsettling he's a very manic boss so i mean that's definitely a, a big contributor but to me just kind of the the visuals take me out of it at times because like i said sometimes that light just hits or like the angle just hits and it's just like it's immersion breaking it's just like oh this just looks like sludge instead of like twilight i don't know yeah i understand what you're saying um for me i put this on my list because i was remembering when i played this game back in i want to say 2006 um when it first came out uh the hands the i don't know are they wall masters in this game i would imagine they're xan's hands um but they are i think they're cousins yeah, they just, they freaked me out when I was a child. I admit when I got older, they they became more of a nuisance than creepy. But when I was a child, you're like running towards the front of the, towards the front of the temple with this orb, this, co- or this um, bright orb, and you're trying to get it to the pedestal so you can charge up your master sword or some, some nonsense. And you're like, okay, cool. I left this hand in the back room. No, he's like merging through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and he's still coming after you. And there's also the sense, like, you can knock it down, I think, with the hookshot or arrows or whatever. And you're like, okay, I'm good. But then he comes back up, like, slowly and starts floating towards you. Like, that's creepy when you're a child. So, yes, it became annoying when I was an adult. And I'm like, okay, I just want to get through this portion of the game. I really don't care for you. Leave me alone. Um, I also think it's, like, it's just a creepy feel. But people live there. Like, that's... The, the Twilight, that's their home. That's where they thats where they belong, and they I think they love it. I mean, I don't know any better, but uh, Midna loves it. So it's just kind of weird that that's a, a place that they live and like it. I don't know. It's just I wouldn't want to – I wouldn't want to live in perpetual darkness like that. So just that sense kind of creeps me out. Um, The Twilight, they are – a mix between cute and creepy to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, now that I'm a little older, I think they're kind of cute, but back then, you would go up to them and you hear this moaning sound, and it just sounds like you're in a haunted castle or something like that, just, you know, with neon lights. <laughs> and uh, when you are getting the souls and you're getting Zant's hand chasing you, um, the music. The music is what creeps me out the most uh, because, you know, you've got just an eerie regular tone when you're, like, going through the castle, but then you're getting Zant's hands and the music, like, it slowly intensifies as it gets closer and closer to you. It's like you're in a horror film and you're, like, running from this giant hand. So I think that that's one of the things that creeped me out the most. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Um, it, it's hard. It's a little bit harder for me to separate like the creepy aesthetic from like if I think the dungeon itself is really good too, which is also a problem for me because I think that like Palace of Twilight is one of the weaker dungeons in Twilight Princess, which which is a game that has like incredible dungeons. Um, but yeah, you know, I I think that uh, I think that Zant is really what kind of makes it for me in here. Like I, I just think that he's very creepy. He's very manic. Very yeah. twitchy. 
and he he kind of sells the danger of this place to me better than like the actual visuals and like the the twilight people themselves do um but you know what i i can definitely see you know why this is a standout for a lot of people um let's keep it going down the list let's talk about one that i think is is really awesome actually and one that we've covered not uh, too terribly long ago here on the show um the ancient castle of ikana from majora's mask uh so this is like it's not quite a dungeon but uh it's definitely an area that you need to sink a lot of time into um you know lots of redeads very bleak very it looks like a castle and i mean it is a castle that used to be like this glorious place and now it's just in ruins um redeads dancing everywhere which i always thought was very creepy lots of ghosts you uh you fight the the king of ikana in there and he's he's very he's basically a big stalfos which is a very very cool fight in the game uh very unsettling place kind of creepy subtle music um i i think that like ikana canyon really is just like a creepy place in general it's like it just has that look of like somewhere that's dead that used to be like full of life but like it's just like this dead place now and i think the castle is like the perfect representation of that um and you know what i as you'll probably discover as we as we go down this list but like to me it's like the things that are the most creepy are like the unsettling things or like things that aren't right and like that shouldn't be happening so like when you put on your mask and you see the redead start to like do the can-can dance that to me is like the creepiest part because it's like this is not right like something something is not right here at all and like it's kind of as you explore a little bit further and further into that is what you know you kind of uncover like more and more of like the history of this castle and stuff so this one always stood out to me i think it's a very creepy place uh very very well done uh, i mean you could argue that majora's mask as a whole is like kind of like this very creepy tense kind of a game but i think that the castle really kind of encapsulates that yeah for sure what are your thoughts lulu um, I completely agree with everything you said. You pretty much hit every point that I had about the Castle of Ikana. I mean, the dancing redeads, that that's really just not right. I, I agree with you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I always thought it was kind of comedic, but I understand what you guys are saying, like that it's kind of just so unsettling to look at it, and you're just like, wait a second, these guys like normally choke the life out of you, and now they're kind of doing... They're just can-canning around. It is weird. Um, I don't know if Stone Tower Temple is meant to be, like, the like the shadow, quote-unquote, Temple of Majora's Mask, but I feel like it's not. I feel like the creepy part of that section of the game starts when you enter, you know, Icana Canyon and, like, ends after uh, the Castle of Oh, Icana. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, castle of icana is for me the shadow temple of majora's mask i know it's not a huge dungeon it's a mini dungeon but i personally feel like it's a dungeon and i always really enjoyed it it's creepy the boss fight's fun and you're fighting this giant you know skeleton and it's uh kind of like crazy he's like gnashing his teeth running around with you with his head and stuff so yeah it definitely has that creepy factor that everybody knows that I don't like Stone Tower Temple, but I kind of wish that the Castle of Icana was um, expanded upon, and that was the last dungeon of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's a great boss fight, too, yeah. at the end as well, where you have to shoot out the curtains and stuff like that yeah. and use the shield. You know, one thing that the that this place does that kind of undermines that, actually, and I feel like we were complaining about this not that long ago. Right. Like, 
at the end of the sh- at the end of the battle when like the two uh, the two minions or whatever are arguing and they argue for like forever like it goes years. on for so long <laughs> and they're bickering they're doing the twin rova gimmick when they're like going up to heaven or uh, like actually you should probably see them going down instead of up but whatever <laughs> um, but yeah that that kind of undercuts the uh, the scariness of the dungeon but yeah it's it's a great it's a great location. Um, let's kind of piggyback off of that and go to Beneath the Well from Majora's Mask as well. And we better be careful here because there's Beneath the Well and Bottom of the Well. Yeah. So we're talking Majora's Mask. This is like kind of the same idea where it's just, it's like you're in this very creepy tunnel system. And there's just like lots of weird stuff down there. I mean, first of all, you have to like barter with the Rededs and they're asking you for all these weird items uh, which I always thought was like really fun, actually. And if you if you do the tunnels correctly, you can actually get everything you need, I believe, down in the tunnels. Maybe one or two things that you can't, but for the most part, you can get everything you need down in the tunnels. And like, you, uh, that's just another like very weird thing, like talking to the Rededs, but just like very unsettling stuff. You see, you see like a cow down there. You see lots of bugs, <laughs> um, lots of different things flying at you, like. And it's kind of like the, it's kind of like the idea that like you're lost is what kind of makes this one creepy to me. And it's like, am I taking the right path? And like, you have to work hard to get a lot of this stuff. Like you have to leave to get potions or to get bugs or to get milk or whatever. So it's like, please, please, please. I hope I'm taking the right path. And this doesn't just lead me to a dead end. So I thought that that was really effective the way that they did that. Um, Again, it's just like, it's so weird to see Rededs, and they're not trying to choke you out or something like that. It's kind of like in a horror movie when, like, someone, like, there's a villain, and, like, they're, like, smiling at you and being, like, extra nice, and it's just, like, even creepier than if they were trying to, like, kill you or something <laughs> like that, because you know right. that they're, like, evil, but they're not acting evil. So, yeah, that that's kind of the whole thing about this place for me. Um, you know, the sense of, like, disorientation and getting lost, and then the sense of, like, again, this isn't right. They're not trying to attack me. Yeah, 100%. Like, I, I, I'm the kind of person who doesn't like to go back and, like, retrace my steps and try and do things in more than, like, one go. For example, I will always take all the groceries from the trunk of the car. I will never do two rounds. But it's the same with, <laughs> with Beneath the Well in Majora's Mask. I want to get it all done in one go, and it's really kind of hard if you don't know what you're doing because – these rededs they want different stuff you only have a limited number of bottles that you can carry these things in and i'm just like okay i'm really creeped out i just want to go through and get to the end of this maze in one go but you know sometimes that doesn't really work out and i find that i have to be in this place this unsettling place for longer than i have to be and that just that just irks me and makes me like shudder and stuff so it's definitely creepy yeah i think it's really the fact of you know you're just waiting to be attacked and that's kind of traumatic when it comes to rededs from like ocarina of time and majora's mask you just you don't want to be jumped on and strangled and so you're just sitting here trying to figure out what you need to do in order to get through the rooms and you're just like please don't kill me (laughs) right um yeah it's, it's just like i think that's a perfect way to put it. actually you're waiting for the other shoe to drop and you're waiting to be you're waiting for the rededs if you give them the wrong thing or you don't have the right thing for them to like attack you and it never it never happens but it feels like it should and it's very unsettling so yeah um 
Okay, well, let's move on from Majora's Mask, and let's uh, let's go all the way back to uh, the Nintendo DS and talk about Phantom Hourglass. Allison, you put this, uh, you put the ghost ship on your list, and you know what? I I'll, I'll let you kind of take the lead here, but after you know, after thinking about it. Um, I'm going to put aside the fact that it's not my favorite game and say that I actually agree with your pick. Tell us why you, you put this one on your list. Yeah, Ghost Ship is 100% spooky, creepy, unsettling. Mostly because of the sisters, but, like, it has a very good aura about it. It's a ghost ship, you know. It's You're going through these different floors. The floors are, you know, there's holes in them. There's freaking skulltulas dropping down on you every once in a while. There's these dumb little purple ghosts shooting beams at you. Um, rats and then also the phantoms like Bellum's phantoms are in there too so it does have a very good air I think this is like this is one of those instances I again I don't know what D this is if it's 2D or 2.5D or whatever the the um, thing is but I think that this is one that's done well where it's 2D and they tried to be creepy and then they were but definitely the Cuba sisters are one, like, just, they're just so unsettling. You have these sweet little girls in this ghost ship that you're trying to get them together, and you're wondering the whole time why the heck they're in here. And, I mean, spoiler alert, they're the boss fight, and they're these creepy Poe sisters. And it's just, it's it's like Blazetta all over again, where she spins her face <laughs> and she's got this creepy looking face going but you got these sweet little girls and they do the same thing. So I 100% feel like Ghost, Ghost Ship is one of those shadow dark places that deserves to be on this list. All right. Lou, how familiar are you with Phantom Hourglass? Um, not very familiar, but I, I like to be familiar with games. So a lot of times I'll watch playthroughs. Um, and when I first saw a playthrough of someone going through Ghost Ship, at first, I was like, you know, it looks kind of creepy, whatever. And then they got to the first Cuba sister, and I was like, this little girl is so sweet, and how is she alive on this ship? And, you know, and then the fairy and Link are like, yeah, how is someone alive on this ship? And so then they go and get all the sisters, and every, like, the way they look and their hoods, they just... It was very unsettling, and I knew I was just waiting for something to happen. I was waiting for one of them to attack, and then at the very end, you know, they keep talking about Tetra and about playing a game, and I'm like, oh no, here it comes. And then they, like, when they change into their, like, diabolical form, uh, they are just terrifying, honestly. I mean, it's not a very, you know, the graphics in the game aren't the best, but it's a terrifying look for them. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, I, we we all saw this coming, right? Like you, you could, we could all see oh, that yeah. these little sisters were going to be yeah. ghosts, and, and yeah, right. Okay, I just want to throw that up there. Um, okay, so I don't give Phantom Hourglass a lot of credit, and I rightfully so. I, I think it's one of the weaker Zelda games. Um, but I will say that you know, with the technology that they had and and everything, that the ghost ship is probably as creepy as you can get in phantom hourglass and i think that the boss fight is really fun actually it's probably one of the better boss fights in phantom hourglass so yeah i, I could totally see like i appreciate what what it was trying to do um i think that it pulled it off as well as it could have for phantom hourglass uh so i you know i agree with this one i think that like it was it was really obvious that like the the sisters were going to be bosses 
and I, I think that that's probably okay, but sometimes it is just like, like, Link, hello, like, these are bad guys, like, it's so obvious, but, you know what, that's okay, they, they do look very creepy, they almost look like, um, Skull Kid in Twilight Princess, actually, now that I'm looking at them, but yeah, I, I thought that this one was, uh, was a good pick, it wasn't one that I would have picked, but, you know, I, I think it is a good pick, um, if I was picking something from Phantom Hourglass, I probably would have been, like, the sixth or seventh time you had to go to the Temple of the Ocean King, because that is scary. <laughs> oh, <But> my God. <laughs> this one is a good pick as well. Uh, all right, let's keep our list going. Let's get down the list, and let's go to the Dark Palace from A Link Between Worlds. This is this is one that we just covered not that long ago, but like I was kind of saying with, uh, with the Palace of Darkness from A Link to the Past, this one is one that is just, like, literally dark. Um, you, you can't see very much, but I think that this one is just done so much better. And, and obviously, like I said, that's because the technology is there to do it properly, but it's just like, it's a very somber dungeon. Everything is, of course, very dark. Um, I think that the Gemisaur boss fight is, is very cool and it's just a really solid, fun dungeon. Um, it's, uh, you know, it didn't have like an item gimmick which i which i liked like most dungeons will will kind of give you an item and you know the whole dungeon is kind of based around that this one you could maybe say that the lantern is that but you know for the most part it's just fun puzzles um it's very creepy but it, it never feels to me like it's like dark enough that you can't see it. like it's not unfair being dark like you can still kind of see what you're doing it's just that uh you know it's 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 harder to navigate and i think that 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 the dungeon does a really good job of kind of balancing that really well. So yeah, this one this one would have been high up of my list. And we should also argue too that or mention too that the uh, what you have to do to get into the dark palace too is very cool too oh, because you have to yeah, go yeah, through yeah. and do like the stealth maze and like even that can be kind of creepy because you have these like uh, what are they like moblins or whatever that are looking for you? Oh, I can't remember at this point, but yeah, I understand what, what you're whatever saying. it is. They got that like creepy cyclops vision coming out of their yeah. their ruby quartz visor. It's very cool. Um, so yeah, I, I think that this is actually one of the better ones. It's one of the complete packages, as far as I'm concerned. I um I wouldn't say that it's one of the better ones. However, and you know it's funny when I did put this on the list, I was like, oh my gosh, I better not do a link between worlds dirty again, like we have in the past. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I gotta get this dungeon on this list. Um, I think it took what A Link to the Past was trying to do and made it better, obviously, as you said, yeah. because of the technology. I, I thought the lights on the walls made it a little bit creepier than if it was just dark and you're just kind of making, trying to make your way through by yourself, but the lights on the walls was just kind of like, ooh, creepy, okay, I guess I'm following this uh, really weird light on the wall. Um, but I, overall, it's like a good, solid dungeon. It was one of my more favorite ones in the... Uh, um, in the whole game, the Gemisaur boss fight was like super cool. I love his colors and stuff, but it didn't it didn't creep me out. I didn't get the skis from it, so like it was good as a dark dungeon, but it didn't it didn't spook me as much as other dungeons do. I think that I mean it's a good dark dungeon, like in a literal sense, and it's better than Palace of Darkness from A Link to the Past. But in my opinion, it's too dark to be spooky. If you know what I mean, like, you don't see very much around you. It's just dark. And, like, in real life, if you're in a completely dark room, that might be a different story. But in a video game, it just, it doesn't spook me as much as, you know, being able to see kind of the 
darker shadows around me, like, going through the halls. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what? And I, and I think that that is probably fair. Um, but I, I, I have a soft spot for it. And like he said, I just, I didn't want to do like between worlds dirty again and not mention (laughs) it. So, um, all right, let's keep going down our list. Let's talk about my favorite, the Minish Cap. And, uh, it's not, again, it's not necessarily a dungeon, but, um, you start off in the Royal Valley and then you get to the Royal Crypt. Very, like, the thing I love about the Minish Cap is, like, every area is so pronounced. Like, it's, like, you have your, like, swamp area, you have your, your desert area, and, like, this is, like, very clearly, like, your your spooky kind of creepy woods area. And, like, it's so, like, it's just so pronounced, I guess is the word that I'm looking for, is, like, and that I just love it. Like, it's, it's all these shades of purple, and, like, there's there's Dompe, uh, you know, doing his thing. He's he's protecting the graveyard. Um, I, I have a soft spot for this one. It's really not much of a dungeon, actually. You you kind of go in and you do the, the Lost Woods gimmick where, like, you know, there's the four entrances, and you, you got to pick which one, and if you pick the wrong direction, you have to start over. Um, when you finally get there... You can go into the royal crypt, and you can, uh, you know, I think there's a couple, I think there's a couple gibdos in there. There's a couple small puzzles, but there, there's really not too too much. But um, you know, you go in there, and that's where you get like the big, uh, the big kinstone piece that that gets you up into um, the sky. So uh, you know, it's it's small, it's short, but I just think that it's like so, it's so pronounced, and it's so like like charmingly spooky that it really works for me yeah that's fair um i was thinking more like this is one of those cases where the getting there is kind of the, the spooky part like not so much the crypt but the valley is more like creepy looking because it does have those yeah. dark colors it has the little ghosties flying around the music's pretty good and gets you your your heart kind of pumping a little bit faster but my problem is that I feel like Minish Cap is such a cute-looking game that <laughs> it's just more like, oh, that's cute. It's trying to be scary. It's just cute, scary. <laughs> like you know. Uh, that's that's exactly what I mean yeah. by like it being so pronounced. It's just like this charming purple and like there's these like yeah. over the top like trees and uh, it, it's fantastic. But it's it's not necessarily scary. But like it's kind of scary in that uh, in that costume quest kind of a way where like. It's so it's so like cliche Halloween and stuff that it's like just fantastic. Yeah, and I I'm agree not saying like that. it was trying too hard to be that. It's just that that's how that that's how Minish Cap just kind of rolls. So yeah. What do you think, Lulu? Oh yeah, I completely agree. Um, but like you guys said, it's not like the creepiest. It is just very pronounced, and you know you've got the spiky like iron fences around outside and the ghosts in the graveyard and it's just the spooky dead trees but other than that it's not like the creepiest but it does good at giving the aesthetic of being creepy yes fair enough yeah i think so um all right let's uh let's keep it moving here and let's go down to the wind waker and the earth temple and i so i'm gonna separate again here i'm gonna try and separate my feelings on the temple itself and the actual aesthetic of the earth temple itself. I I always feel like this should not be called the earth temple because when I hear earth temple, I have like these images of like greenery and and plants and like fauna. 
and that is not this it's it's basically a crypt um it really does nail the the look and aesthetic i think that like the you know playing with light in this dungeon really works well um you know it's very like it's very very bleak it's very colorless um but i think that that kind of works for this uh the music is really what sells it to me i think that the music just really kind of ties everything together um you do have i think that the boss is kind of silly and he kind of undercuts the creepiness a little bit like it would have been better if there was a little bit more of a of a serious boss what is this boss's name uh Jal Hala or something yeah. like that yeah he, he's kind of a goof which uh you know it, it's okay it doesn't ruin it or anything like that but it would have been cool to see something really scary or really sinister as the boss of this dungeon but um yeah man the music and the way that you know it's literally just this bleak tomb uh it comes together really well this is a this was a no-brainer pick i think yeah for sure uh you know i'm gonna say this um it's kind of like minish cap in a way where the art style makes it look like you've got these two cute little kids and they're they're going through this like kind of dark creepy place that obviously is supposed to be um you know dark and creepy um however there's like a little bit of a more element to wind waker than minish cap where the re-deads they're definitely very freaky looking in this game and it's weird because it's like it's like they're kind of comical looking but god when they scream and their faces like go really long and their teeth are out and the sound is definitely it's just it's not scary but it's maybe unsettling is the right word it's just like something that cartoony shouldn't look like that it's weird and um I think that's for me is the creepiest part of that dungeon. Like you've got the bubbles and the the bats and whatever; those are fine and it it's okay as far as like a dark themed dungeon. But those re-deads kind of sell it for me. I think that it's got kind of a uh, courage the cowardly dog type of feel to it. <laughs> it's cartoony but also creepy. Um, but I think that the creepiest part is. You know, the re-deads, they're scarier than the boss. Um, and, you know, earlier, before hearing, you know, you guys' take on it, I didn't really see it as a tomb or anything. I just I just thought it was bland other than the re-deads. So, in my opinion, at first, you know, it wasn't the scariest. But hearing you guys, I, I'm kind of changing my mind a little bit you know if you think about it as like a giant tomb where you're like shining light into the darkness then I, I can I can see that so I mean I guess that makes it a little more eerie in my eyes so tell me Lou like to me I, I think that like I was kind of the same way like I, I thought that this was just kind of a bland place but I really I think the name has a lot to do with that like because when like I said like when you think of an earth temple like you think of you know, like you think of greenery and you think of plants and stuff like that. Like, does that, I don't know. Do you think that that kind of works against it here? Like if, if this was called like the, the crypt temple or something like that, or the tomb temple, like, would we, I don't know if we, would we be thinking of it as bleak? Do you think? Um, I definitely think the name has something to do with finding it as bland. Um, cause you know, like you said, you expect to go in and see greenery and stuff like that, but if you think about it, which, honestly, this thought just popped in my head, you know, you've got the dead things in there, like the re-deads and skeletons and whatnot, and you could kind of say, you know, when you 
die, you go back into the earth, something like that. Maybe that's what they were going for. But as far as, you know, how the name affects how you feel about it, I definitely think that that has something to do with it. Like, it, it should have been named something differently because I definitely did not expect that from the name Earth Temple. Yeah, it's a, yeah. a little weird because I often am in the Wind Temple and I'm like, this is the Earth Temple. Yes. Because it feels yeah, like right? an Earth Temple. But then I'm like, no, wait, the only other temple is the Wind Temple and this is obviously the Wind Temple. So it's confusing because that temple could obviously, obviously be Wind and Fire, or Wind and Fire, geez, Wind and Earth. But the other one doesn't have anything to do with those two names, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, I uh, I don't want to beat up on the dungeons of Wind Waker again. We did that in our definitive dungeon ranking episode, so let's just <laughs> move on. Um, let's let's head over to Twilight Princess. We're, we're running long here, so we'll kind of burn through the last ones here. Let's go to Twilight Princess. Of course, you knew this was coming. The Arbiter's Grounds, very, very creepy. This is, like, kind of a, a good mix of, like, the Forest Temple, the Shadow Temple, and the Spirit Temple. Like, if, if those three dungeons all had a baby together somehow, I think that you would get Arbiter's Grounds out of that. Because it has little bits of elements of all three, I think. Um, you know, kind of took some of the staples from the Forest Temple that worked really well, tracking down the four ghosts. You have the, you know, obviously the creepy enemies of the Shadow Temple, and you have kind of the, the sand aesthetic and kind of like the... The feeling that like this used to be like a, a structure used for something from the spirit temple um, and i think that it pulls it together really really well for the most part um i will say like it's very creepy but once you get the spinner it almost becomes less creepy because that item is just so much fun that <laughs> it, it takes away from like the feeling of being like creeped out you know what i mean yeah, like fair. it kind of turns from like the first half is very creepy and then the second half is like this wicked jungle gym for you to play in <laughs> yeah. and it, it works great for the dungeon but it's like i said it's it doesn't it kind of takes back from like the, the creepiness of the of the first half i could see what you mean there um so lulu earlier stated um that she thinks snow peak is creepier than arbiter's grounds so i want to hear what lulu's take on arbiter's grounds is okay well if we back up just a second um <laughs> i think snow peak is creepier looking than Arbiter's Grounds, um, and, you know, it's just, like, the overall feel of it. Um, when it comes to Arbiter's Grounds, the way it looks isn't very scary to me. It's more so the enemies that creeped me out when I first went through this game. Like, you know, you've got the Reduds screaming at you, and those Reduds are more terrifying, I think, than the others. Um, they don't jump on you, but just the way that they move towards you all mummy-like, and then they swing their giant sword, and then you have the phantom sword that you have to fight, and that is something that I think is really just eerie, and, you know, it's it, you're just sitting there, and a giant black sword is swinging at you with, you know, the red glow, and it's just, I don't know, and then you have the, the ghoul rats, who are, oh, like, yes. jumping on you, and Midna's, like, freaking out, and you're like, what's going on? And then you gotta, like, see all these rats just jumping on you when you turn your senses on. I just... And the pose, like, the pose faces, those <laughs> are scary. So it's more like... I think that in this dungeon, it's more the enemies that creep me out than the overall feel of the place. But, I don't know. I guess thinking back at this point, I think they're about equal 
but on different grounds, if you get what I mean. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I completely agree with everything you just said about all the, the enemies. The enemies kind of make this one, in my opinion. The Poes are definitely creepy. Those rats, if you don't know what the heck is happening to you and Midna is like freaking out and you're slow moving you're like what is this and then you turn on your senses and all these creepy ghost rats are on you <laughs> like yeah that's that's kind of terrifying um i also understand what andy said about um the end of it being kind of kind of like more fun because you get to zip zap around on this uh spinner but yeah like everything that's on the inside of this place kind of makes it the creepy thing that it's supposed to be the two boss fights the mini boss and the boss are definitely like epic scary enough to make this more on the top of anybody's list i feel so yeah it's definitely a creepy dark place all right well let's go let's end up at the destination that everybody knew that we were ending up at when we said that we were covering spooky places in the zelda series um you know what guys let's kind of lump these together here we're talking of course about bottom of the well and the shadow temple from ocarina of time um, you know, what what can you say that hasn't been said about this before? Uh, we could we could talk about Dead Hands and what a creepy boss fight that is, and Bongo Bongo, and just like the ship that that flies through the darkness in the Shadow Temple. Um, but I actually want to talk about the uh, the Lens of Truth because I think that that is what really sells the Shadow Temple and Beneath the Well or Bottom of the Well, excuse me as kind of the, the creepy places that they are because it's like you you never know if what you're seeing is real or not or if there's something else and it's not a question of like it's not like the question isn't okay what am i seeing it's what am i not seeing and i think that that really sells the the experience and like the disorientation of it very well there's lots of very creepy enemies hidden in the temples you know dead hands um this is where the wall masters are like really really starting to come out and you have those like creepy wall masters that split into three when you hit them i thought that those ones were always worse than the ones that just dropped down yeah um, but you have those too um you got stalfos everywhere it's just like there's a lot going on but i think that it all comes back to the lens of truth and like what am i not seeing and like what's in front of me or like what am i missing and not knowing that is really kind of like where the creepiness of these dungeons that's where it really comes from um, I actually think that the the music is, is just kind of okay. They could have had it could have had better music to help sell the the creepy atmosphere, but um, you know it, it makes up for it again with that sense of like what am I not seeing? And I think that the ship is just such a such a good touch. It's what it's again. It's one of those things that's like this isn't right. Like why is there a ship down here? This shouldn't be here. Um, and that really kind of sells it to me. And then you 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 know you finish it all off with that really strange boss fight against bongo bongo where you can't see him which is very creepy you also have like the kind of meta context of like you have to equip the lens of truth and like you're worried about running out of magic and then if you run out of magic you have to fight him blind so like that's kind of scary as like for a player but um i, I think that uh, you know this is probably and rightfully so probably what everyone will think of when they think of creepy places in the zelda series yeah, I think this is the one that's done the best. So there, we've t we've talked about all these, and we've kind of had these little nitpicky things that we've had where it made the dungeon maybe not as scary or creepy or spooky as we um, think it should be. But I feel like Ocarina of Time is what is the game that did it best. 
and they like everything that you said those dead hands are like a traumatic point for many people of this series their childhoods are just scarred for life from that thing it's creepy it's gross it's grotesque i i you know i half expected a giant one to be the boss at the end of the shadow temple the boat reminds me of like when you paid the the reaper on the dock with the to get onto the boat and it would take you to the underworld that's that's what that reminded me of um and kind of yeah yeah like it's that's that was your vessel to the underworld and yeah it just it has the overall feel and you know what i feel like the music not being so pronounced is what makes it even like more unsettling because you're just in this dark tunnel or the well and the temple you're in this dark place and you're not hearing a whole lot except for the screams of these re-deads and the the sound of the wall masters dropping on you it just overall does a very good job of giving getting my heart going and um you know what's funny you say that about the lens of truth but there are some players that don't get it that don't get the lens of truth I know. and they play blind that's scary like i, <laughs> I don't know if i could do that I understand it's yeah, a speed running wild. strap, but it's just too spooky for me. I need to see what's coming at me. You know, I think that the Shadow Temple is really timeless. I mean, Ocarina of Time in general is timeless, but when it comes to the Shadow Temple, um, touching on things like the ambiance that, you know, the music makes when you're there, it's just, it's so quiet and it's nice in the background. Well, not nice, but, you know, creepy and ominous yeah. and... <laughs> Um, you know, some of the things that stood out to me the most were, you know, the creepy faces on the walls that, you know, would talk to you. And I mean, if you really look at them, they just have, they have that huge smile on their face, but just the way that they're designed is so creepy. And then you've got like this, the rotating grim reapers with their scythes. And then there's the one that you can't see unless you have the lens of truth, which, you know, if you run into that room... And you're just getting hit with something without using the lens, then you're like, what the heck is going on? So you're freaking out. And, you know, then I noticed uh, the other day, because I've been replaying through this, there's like torture devices with chains and blood on the floor in this dungeon. I mean, it's, it's so, yeah, it's so creepy. And it, it was, it was horrifying. As a child, I was scared to go through it. I had to ask my grandpa to help me through it the first time. So I was like, I don't want to look at this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is the gold standard for creepiness in the Zelda series, I think. Uh, I think we could all probably agree on that. If we were going to rank them, I, I think that this probably would have ranked number one on all of our lists, right? Oh, yeah, yeah 100%. Um, so I've, I've got an audible to call here. One area that I I thought that we should mention, uh, because we didn't mention it in the honorable mentions, and I I don't know how I didn't mention this, but I do want to bring up the Lost Woods from Breath of the Wild. I think that this is, like, by far the creepiest rendition of the Lost Woods that we've ever seen. The music is very creepy. The aesthetic is very creepy. This is, it's so easy to get lost. Um, We actually, we didn't talk about Breath of the Wild very much on this show, but I think that this is like one of the areas that like really really does a good job of, of selling the creepiness and like you can hear the Koroks rattling everywhere it's almost like you can hear voices in the wind it's it's very very unsettling and i'm surprised that i forgot to mention this earlier actually so i i give it a shout out right now 
I agree with you. I mean, you've got the scary faces on the trees and, you know, they're just watching you as you go through the woods and get lost multiple times. And, you know, you probably have some Koroks whispering about you and then it's just creepy. Even the Koroks are scared to go through it. Um, So, yeah, I agree. That's kind of funny. You got like the Koroks like, look at this dummy. He went the wrong way. (laughs) (laughs) Let's put him back at the start. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. I didn't feel too creeped out by the Lost Woods in this game. There's not a lot to say about Breath of the Wild when it comes to this that this specific topic. But I understand what you're saying. I know it does seem a bit. Look at the faces on those trees. I mean, <laughs> you see those faces on the trees in lots of other Zelda games. I don't know. For some reason, it didn't oh creep my. me out as much. Tough guy, Allison, over here. All right, whatever. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to bring it up because it's very creepy and very disorientating. So, um, yeah, shout out to Breath of the Wild there. Uh, All right, well, uh, let us know what areas you think are the creepiest. I'm sure that we probably missed a few from uh, from the Legend of Zelda series here and there. Uh, We tried to focus mostly just on dungeons or, like, dungeon-esque areas, but, you know, we want to hear... We want to hear what uh, what areas you guys think are creepy. We also want to hear what uh, Halloween games you guys are playing. I'm uh, I'm convincing Sam to go play Costume Quest two with me after this. Have you guys ever heard of Costume Quest? Nope. I remember about. I, have I remember not. you talking about it last year. Very very cute game. You it's an RPG where you uh, you turn into whatever your costume is. So if you have a robot costume, you turn into a robot and you fight. This one, you're fighting evil dentists who want to take away your candy on Halloween. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Very charming. Uh, we want to hear what all you guys are playing for Halloween. And, of course, we wish you guys a very happy and safe, emphasis on safe and responsible Halloween. Uh, Lulu, thanks a lot for joining us yes, today. This was a lot of fun. Uh, again, uh, the, the guru of the Champions cast over on Facebook. So uh, do us all a solid and check us out over on there. There's lots of clips, lots of videos over on there. Um, that is going to do it for us for this week. We're going to get out of here. Uh, of course, we want you to check us out over on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Go and like and subscribe to the Champions Cast and recommend us to a Zelda fan in your life. Uh, and check us out over on Twitter. I am at Spateri316. Allison is at Allison Aletha. And Lulu is at Lulu Shugaboo. I love that. That, uh, <laughs> that just flows off the tongue. Um, All right, that's going to do it for us. We will be back next week with some more Zelda goodness. We are closing in on Age of Calamity, so uh, hopefully a lot more to talk about then. Until then, everyone, take care.